We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets inside, left-handed, off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot, back door, what a pass, what a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This is Dart. you're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're coming to you live Sunday December 10th, we're brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Running a little two-man game today, a little pick and pop. I got my guy, Justin Peabody, with me. Hello, everybody. I'll be the chat to your Shay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Everyone else is out tonight. Uh, Taylor is doing a Christmas thing like two weeks early. Nick is at the Cowboys-Eagles game. Uh, JD is at some sort of birthday function. Um, Sounds made up. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. <laughs> so it is Justin and I on the show with you guys tonight. Before we dive into the show, just want to let you guys know you can find us wherever you download your podcasts at. If you haven't already, make sure I, I did sneak in a little burp there. I saw that look, Justin. If you haven't already, I'm not going to let five, that slide. <laughs> drop that five star rating. Uh, write us a little note. That would be kind of a little review. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. If you're not watching the live streams on YouTube, I would highly encourage you to do so. They're always a blast. And we're going to get the uh, the YouTube watchers a little engaged tonight, Justin. We're doing a mailbag podcast. Yes, so we're going to get some questions from the YouTube chat as well. So you guys make sure uh, to to tune in. Uh, JD is tuning in on YouTube, says, looks like I've got front row seats to the asshole show. Uh, I don't know how much JD's been drinking. Hopefully enough that he's uh, taking notes on his calculator again. (laughs) Justin. Yes. The Thunder had an interesting week, but we're only going to talk about the win because it's the most recent game. Good. Against the Golden State Warriors, the Thunder go to three and one on the year against the Warriors. We'll not see them again unless they meet up in the playoffs. Taylor, 
in typical Taylor fashion, did a 45-minute post-game podcast over the Golden State game. Uh-huh. Might have lasted longer than the game itself. I want to get your thoughts mm. on this Golden State matchup and what you saw from OKC, especially coming off of a disappointing game down in Houston. Uh, I think this team clearly enjoys playing the Warriors. It, it feels like, unlike the Rockets, in which they seem to not usually bring their A game in Houston. We've seen it pretty much three out of four times this year, I guess, uh, that the Thunder the Thunder bring it when they play Golden State. I think you look at these guys, young guys in the league, they probably grew up watching, uh, watching the Warriors dominate. They grew up watching the Warriors um, run the league for a good portion of their time at, that they were youngins. So I think that's probably a, like probably got to be surreal for for a guy like Chet, for a guy like J Dub to get to play against Steph, and they showed out. This team brought it. Uh, everybody, the the three headed monster, J Dub, Lou Dort, or sorry, J Dub, J, and Chet all played awesome. And you got a really nice game out of Lou Dort as well. I think just all around good contributions from everybody down the stretch. If I can call out something like specifically from the game that stood out, something we talked about coming out of that Mavs game, Chet's play down the stretch and his ability to take that kind of high pick and roll moment and make the right play yet again, kind of on display in that game against the Warriors. I think just incredibly impressive from an IQ standpoint to see Chet be able to make that play, especially in crunch time, not to mention hitting three clutch free throws. I just think all around really, really impressive performance. Yeah, it was. Uh, we have a question in the chat I wanted to hit real quick. Our guy, Carrie asked, was that the loudest that Paycom Center has been this year? So I was at this game with my dad Friday night, Justin. Um, my dad and I went to the game while my wife and my mom went shopping. Uh, I made the correct choice in, uh, <laughs> in that decision, I think. That you did. Um, we left the arena. And I told my dad, my dad and I go to a lot of games together. And I said, I think that's the loudest Paycom Center has been since COVID. That's awesome. And if you remember pre-COVID was CP3, Schroeder, Shea, Steve-O, Gallinari. Yep. It was that team. That's the loudest I've heard that arena since pre-COVID. And I don't think it's, it's necessarily close, Justin. That's awesome. It was great uh, to see again, like the young guys commenting on that because they've never experienced it. Yeah. Um, two moments in particular that were crazy loud. Uh, one was, I think it was on the play. I don't know if you remember this, where Jay Will got an offensive rebound and uh, it was kind of like running away from the basket, caught the rebound, tapped it over to Isaiah Joe and kind of collided with Draymond Green. And they they called a foul on it, and it, I don't think it was a foul. And the resulting booze and refuse suck chant <laughs> deafening dwarf uh, only to the Chet put back and one mom made pizza rolls moment, which was the loudest moment so of good. the night, and just absolutely, absolutely deafening. Um, I mean, I think you hit everything on the head with that game. One thing you talked a little bit about that I might touch and go into a little bit deeper here. You talked about Chet and the decision-making and the, the pick and roll, uh, especially with the dubs doubling Shea and Chet yeah. being the open guy. 
Yep. He made a great pass there. It's the the last play of the game for the Thunder, where Chet caught it, attacked, and then dumped it off to Dort for a layup. But to get us to overtime, and then once we got into overtime, J-Dub just cooked the shit out of the Warriors. <laughs> yes, he did. I mean, it was get me the ball on Clay Thompson isolation. Yeah. And it was blow by layup or it was, I'm go I, I know where I want to get to. And it's that left elbow about 15 to 18 feet out. I'm going to lower my shoulder. I'm going to get to that spot and I'm going to pull up and I'm going to bury it on you. It looked very Shea esque. And I think back to the last warriors game where Chet hit the, the buzzer beating three to tie the yep. game. Dub did something similar in that game as I think well. He likes he likes that matchup from a from from a personal standpoint. Yeah, he Warriors don't have anybody to stop him. No, he went straight at Clay Thompson over yep. and over and over again. Can't um, play Clay. Can't play Clay. <laughs> uh, I, I was just it, it was just, I, it was incredible. I think J Dub ended impressive. with twenty eight that night. I'm pulling up the mm-hmm. stats here. Uh, J-Dub, 28 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 12 of 15 from the field, which is just awesome. Do. Just insanely efficient. Insane. Um, I tweeted it Friday night, Justin. We're only, what, 21, 22 games in? 21 games in, I think. 21, yep. I think the Thunder have a new big three. Ooh, getting spicy already. Like, I think they have a big three. Like, I, th- the guys that are going to help this team eventually make a Western Conference Finals, like your main players that are going to help you make a Western Conference Finals and push for an NBA title are on the team right now. I, I think that we just touched on it, though, right? Like, what, what, what defines a big three? What, what makes a guy like that? not I won't say untouchable but kind of in the, in that tier and I think it's somebody that is an extremely exploitable matchup in a good way right yeah like J-Dub who 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 can play J-Dub off the floor there's not many matchups we've watched him play 1 through 5 exactly there's not many matchups that he can't work his way into vice versa we saw it against the warriors where he can absolutely exploit those matchups Shay can do the same. Chet can do the same. Chet probably has more weaknesses because of his size and frame. There are some bigs that is, it's very obvious he doesn't match up well against yet. Giddy doesn't necessarily fit, at, again, yet, doesn't necessarily fit that, that conversation. I think his size and his frame give him a lot of advantages, but I think there are some weaknesses in his game where he's not as easily of an exploitable matchup at this point. That can change, but mm-hmm. as of now, I agree. I think J-Dub brings more to the table in terms of giving the Thunder a, a weapon that other teams are going to have a much harder time slowing down. Totally agree. Um, just We could talk about this game. We could, we could pull a Taylor and just go 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> don't think we will. But one other guy I just wanted to mention before we get off the Dubs game. I don't know how you feel, Justin, but every time I watch Kaysen Wallace play basketball, I think Kaysen Wallace should be playing more basketball. He's and this so game good. against the Warriors, uh, Kaysen played 24 minutes. That's the most off the bench. 
um, but doesn't beat any of the starters. Josh was at 25, uh, yeah. and then Chet was at 35. Queso at 24, uh, 10 points, one rebound, one steal, one block, uh, four of five from the field. So he had 10 points on five field goal attempts. He was one of two from three, one of two from the free throw line. He just, he does everything. And there are times where I want him to be a little more selfish with the basketball and a little more aggressive and drive to the hoop and like be physical. Um, Cause we know he can, it's just like, he doesn't want to, it almost feels like he doesn't want to step on toes and he gets the ball up the court and he, he gives it to Shea. I want him to find himself a little more offensively. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a process. Obviously totally. he just turned 20 years old. He just played his 21st game in an NBA career. But what we're seeing from him so far just feels like it fits so, so, so much with this team because of that big three mm-hmm. and because of what they can do. He can be this kind of, I don't want to say specialist because he's not a defensive specialist. He's a defensive badass, <laughs> but it's not just defense. He's not, he's not an Andre Robertson, yeah, right? Right, right. Exactly. He complements so much of what they want to do offensively because he doesn't need 10 to 15 shots a night. Yep. He can take five, six shots a night, spot up, splash threes, uh, cut. He does all the things that you want him to do. I just, he's, to me, he's the most unsung guy of the season because Shea is a legit MVP candidate. Uh, Chet is a leading rookie of the year. J-Dub is having a breakout. Yep. Um, You've got all this stuff going on that he kind of is on the back burner in a sense mm-hmm. for fans and kind of for the team. He's playing off the bench. I just think the kid is really, really, really good. And from everything you hear, they absolutely love this dude in the front office and the coaching staff, the players like they love case Wallace. Seems like, yeah, seems like a great fit. I know that was something talk, talking all the way back when he was drafted. It was like, how, how does he fit what the Thunder are building? How does he slot in? Seems like that's that's fitting really nicely. You know, you brought up some things that I think definitely get get cured with age, get cured with more time in the league. I think getting more comfortable on this team and asserting himself is something that you're you're probably going to see him continue to do. I'm waiting for the moment. I don't know if it'll be this season or if it comes next season where you get like the queso takeover game there's going to be a moment where he he steps up and kind of grabs things by the reins. Maybe it's because of injury. Maybe it's because other guys are having an off night. It feels like he has that in him, and we're going to be very irrational following that game, most likely. Um, but but the other thing with, with Queso, this might sound like a weird comp, but as you were talking, what came to mind for me was thinking of like a Jeremy Grant type player in Oklahoma okay. City. Where not in terms of play style, but in terms of how he fits on the team, right? When Jeremy Grant was in Oklahoma City, he didn't need the ball in his hands a ton. He didn't, um, he wasn't a defensive specialist necessarily, but he brought things to the table on the defensive end. He fit in what the Thunder were doing at that time offensively to where he could get his and he could be a he could be a net positive on the offensive end, more so than just like backdoor cutting like Andre Robertson, right? He brought more to the table than that play style, obviously very different position, very different. But I think in terms of like a low maintenance piece that you can add into a lineup, it feels like 
he could be that for this team to where you have Shea, who you know can cook with the ball in his hands. You've got Chet. We know what he can do. You know what J-Dub can do on the floor. Plugging Kaysen alongside any of those pieces, he just complements all of it without detracting from any of them. It's awesome. We got to come up with a Kaysen shirt. There's so, I mean, who doesn't love Queso? Also, Oklahoma is the only place in the country that just like gives free queso at restaurants. You know, I've learned that uh, we're doing something right. That you are. We're doing something right. <laughs> okay. You ready to hit the mailbag? Let's hit the mailbag. We reached out for questions on social media today. We're also asking you guys for questions in the chat tonight. So if you got them, drop them and we will get to them. Uh, Justin and I are going to go back and forth, ask each other questions from this mailbag and discuss uh, our thoughts on the questions. Love it. First one, Justin, mm-hmm. comes from our guy, Peyton Lang. Uh, we met Peyton at the watch party at Bar K earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, we did. So what's up, Peyton? He's at Peyton Lang on Twitter. Based off the sample size we have so far, whom would be in your playoff rotation if the playoffs started tomorrow? I think first question, we got to decide how deep is the playoff rotation. <laughs> you literally took the words out of my mouth. I want to say 10 because it makes it really easy if I pick 10. But I feel like we might need to go smaller than that. Let's do nine. You. <laughs> Let's do you're, nine. You're a monster. Do you want to draft them back and forth? Sure. Let's okay. do that. You got first pick. Jay. Thank you. Uh, second pick is dub. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, third, Chet Holmgren. That's fair. Fourth is Lou Dort. Mm-hmm. Fifth is probably uh, today. As of today, it's it's probably still Giddy. One hundred percent. I think it will be yeah. done too. I I think so too. Uh, sixth, Isaiah Joe. Ooh, okay. I said I, t- I can toss you the softball for number seven. I think. Yeah, I think I'll take Kaysen. Uh, That's since fine. We just gushed about him for like five yeah. minutes. Um, just playoff rotation experience, right? Um, totally. Not that Isaiah has like playoff experience, but he has more years in the league. Yeah. Um, eight is Kenrich Williams. No question about it. Love it. Nine. This is so hard because you are making me choose between Jay Will and Aaron Wiggins, basically. Yep. Uh, it's probably matchup dependent. That's a cop out, but it probably is. Uh, but for the sake of this exercise, give me Aaron Wiggins. Okay. I like it. A lot of wings, a lot and of your wings. Center, your centers are Chet and Kenrich. hundred percent Chet and Kenrich. I just think Wiggins think is a totally guy works depending on the matchup, depending on the matchup for sure. Wiggins is a guy who's just, again, kind of, he's, he's been awesome this year. Yeah. Not that he wasn't awesome before, but like, his minutes this year have just been so positive every time he's on the floor. If uh, if they play Golden State in the playoffs, that's the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. If they play Denver, it's probably J. Will. 100%. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Do I get to ask you a question now? Yep. I'm ready. Right. Second question from the Let, mailbag. Let's delete them out of the dock as we go so we don't re-ask questions. Smart. Second question. Ibrahim... Kaleem asks, is Chet the most clutch player in the NBA right now? It's a fun question. Uh, I don't have clutch stats in front of me because I don't have um, 
I think it's uh, kind of, uh, what what's that site called? Something <laughs> something the glass. Why am I going blank? <laughs> Cleaning the Cleaning, glass. I was about to say counting the glass. Something Cleaning the, the glass. glass. Something the glass. <laughs> Cleaning the glass. Uh, I think has clutch stats. I do not have them in front of me. Chet's been awesome in the clutch, mm-hmm. but when you look at all the stats, like I think they consider a clutch game uh, where the game is within like within two yep. possessions under five minutes, something yep. like that. Um, I, I do I, have I, clutch stats pulled up. Oh, perfect. Uh, what do you got? NBA, NBA.com has them too. Oh, okay. So Chet, um, Chet is giving us, let's see here. Chet's giving us three points per game in clutch time, shooting 61.9% from the floor in That's that good. time period. And 57.1% from three. That's also good. Also good. I want to ask a question, though. Okay. Is he the best clutch player on this team? Again, if clutch time is described as like a two-possession game under five minutes, it's either Dub or Shea. It's got to be Shea. Shea is averaging 3.6 points in that same time period and 61.5% from the floor, which is nuts. The crazy thing, you know what he's averaging from behind the arc in clutch time? It's low sample size because we know Shea loves to get to the basket and get to the line in clutch time. 16.7% from three three for Shea. Wow. Wow. On half an attempt per game. So, like I said, very small sample size. Yes, very small, small, very small sample. I think leader in the league is Dame. I remember hearing this, that on a podcast. This recently. has Trey Young in number oh, one. Oh, good for right Trey Young. Dame. Yep. Good for Trey Young. If we're going on points per game in the clutch. So, with that being said, uh, Chet's awesome. He's been awesome late in game. Those three free throws. Uh, ice Huge. cold. Huge. He, just very, very awesome. Uh, as far as stats wise, he's not leading, but don't let that detract you from the fact that Chet's been awesome. He's also a 21 year old rookie. Hundred percent. Justin. Mm-hmm. Next one is from Spiked a OKC fan two, <laughs> or Spike duh OKC fan two. That that feels better. Spiked like an OKC it. fan feels aggressive. <laughs> uh, he says when it's time to. When is it time to admit Case and Waller should start over Giddy and more Trey Mann minutes? Wow. That's just NBA Twitter in a nutshell in that question. I would not be opposed to starting Queso at some point. I, it, it probably takes an injury to do it. I agree. Is but Giddy the, Is Giddy the one he replaces? If it's not an injury, then yes. I think You Giddy's think so? I think it is my own, my only, and I, I voiced this last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I think my only worry is at that point, your starting lineup is Mm -hmm. six, three, six, four, six, 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 six. And then the seven footer. Yep. Just the size of giddy. I wonder if the, if the change would be Dort. Dort was awesome for against school. Dort was awesome. He was really, really bad against Houston and played 17 minutes. Yep. As was most of the team. <laughs> the Fair. entire team was pretty bad against you. Minus Shea. Shea. Yeah, minus Shea. I, 
I I'd entertain it. Um, I think it's a it's a very loaded change if it happens for for many reasons, including some that have nothing to do with basketball. Mm-hmm. But just from play alone, I think I think he he'd be a fun changeup. We've already gotten to see him, you know, plug in because of injury occasionally. I'd be open to more of it. Not that I'm wishing injuries on anyone. The second half of the question, more Trey Mann minutes. I don't know what to do with the Trey Mann minutes we got in Houston. They were like, good. They were good. I, Dude, I honestly thought we were going to get more Friday. I thought Golden State was a really? good matchup for him to come in and guard like a Moses Moody, um, yeah. come in and guard like a, a Brandon Podjemski. Like, I was like, that kind of makes some sense. The team yeah. has struggled to shoot the ball recently. Maybe he can add. I I thought he was going to get some burn Friday, and I was kind of surprised he didn't. I wonder if we'll see him Monday. It'd be fascinating. I think if he can put together another performance like he did against Houston, I, I then you got to put him in some equity. Yeah, you've got to put him in a rotation and see what he can do over a long sample size for sure. I did not think that Trey Man will get minutes this year. I did not either. I also did not think that Micic would not get minutes this year. Right? And so when Micic is not getting minutes, maybe Trey should be getting minutes. I don't know. So, perfect segue. Let's dive into another question from our guy Meek Leak. Hey, Meek. Pulse check on Vasily Micic. How is he measured up to your preseason expectations? And are you satisfied with his contract? And do you see him playing a bigger role at all moving forward? The contract doesn't mean much to me. Agreed. I mean, it's small enough. It's not pushing them over the tax or anything like that. It's not hampering them moving forward. The contract's kind of just whatever. Yep. Right. It's nice for matching in a potential trade down the road. Yep. Uh, He is not playing and not contributing nearly at the level. I thought he was getting what we've seen from case and Wallace, as far as minutes and production, not, defensive production but just overall production right i thought that was what we were going to get from mitic 100 and i thought kason was going to get like the aaron wiggins type of minutes this year yeah where they're kind of spotty here and there i had it way wrong i think we all had it way wrong honestly <laughs> right. uh J- jd right. was the one that was really questioning the mitic stuff yes and, he was. and i guess jd was right uh <laughs> congratulations jd um, broke don't, clock is right twice a day. Don't give him that. Don't give him that. Um, I'm kind of surprised, honestly. And, you know, a lot of people, and even I said, like, I think they'll work him in. Like, we're two weeks from Christmas. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Justin. I don't know either. It's baffled me. Look at this son of a bitch. He's in the chat, but he won't come on the show. Unbelievable. Coward. <laughs> JD said, well, well, well in the chat. I, I'm with you. I'm baffled by it. I I I don't know. Maybe I just bought into the maybe I bought into the preseason hype, even though he didn't play that much in the preseason. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just a strain. Like the saga of Michits, whatever happens the rest of the season is just it's gonna go down as like it's up there with Gabby Deck as one of the strangest like thunder sagas that we've had thus far. No matter yeah. where it goes from here. The Gabby Deck one was so random, though. We've been waiting for Mietzich since, so, yeah, twenty twenty, right? Just right. weird. <laughs> yes, 
All right, next question from Ezra on the low. Wait, th- it's my turn to ask one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. This is your yeah, you fine. jerk. Okay, Ezra fine. Ezra on the low, at Ezra on the low on Twitter, said, is SGA the best non-big man player in the league? You got Jokic and Bede and Giannis being big men. That would leave Luka, Tatum, Booker, Steph. With what SGA does on defense, Ezra thinks it's Shea. Man. It's hard to argue against it with what he's done this season so far. I think that the defense like caveat in the question is so valid. It's a huge part of the equation. Huge. His do you defensive know how, do you know how many steals SGA has in the past three games? 15. 17. 17. 6, 6, and 5. Dude, insane. That's insane. That's he, stupid is what it is. He leads the league in steals by like a large margin. It's incredibly impressive. And I think we, we've talked about it before. Like, you know, the leaps that Shea takes each off, off season, we keep waiting for the leap to not like, eventually there's no more leaps to take. Like you're, you're out of leaping room. Cause you're just that good. I think if you rewound the summer and told me Shea's offense is going to be as good as it was last year, where he was first team all NBA. And that leap is coming on the defensive end of the floor. Like mind blowing, but that's exactly what's happened this season. And I think a lot of times people think of steals, like oh he gambles, he jumps passing lane. Yeah, this dude's right. just straight like it's Kawhi level shit, Justin. Yes, it's not like, like Russ, right? Like Russ, was yeah, a it's not gambling and and compromising mm-hmm. the backside of the defense. It's like it's to the point where against Golden State, Lou Dort went down with his ankle injury. And I thought he had snapped his damn leg in half by his reaction. (laughs) And he went back to the locker room. And the next possession, they put J-Dub on Steph. I was sitting in the crowd thinking, put your best defender on him. Put Shea on Steph. Yeah. Right. Right. Shea was guarding Draymond Green down the stretch, dude. That was, yeah. And who knows, like, there's a lot that goes into into those decisions, but he's definitely like his defense is incredibly solid. He's not like the the first choice for lockdown defense, but I don't think most superstars are correct, like that, right? Like that's 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 typically given to the more specialist type guys, like a Lou Dort, even like a J Dub, Casey Wallace, like some of those types of players where they can just go dog somebody. Like Shea does so much on the offensive end that to ask him to go all out against the other team's best player on the other end of the floor feels like a big ask and probably compromises some of his offensive play. But yeah, with the matchups he gets, he's been incredible. He's so good at stealing the ball when a guy tries to post him up. Yes. Like trying to post him up sucks because he just reaches those arms around. Yep. Dude, he blocked step at the rim the other night. Like I got out of my seat. That was some Dikembe Mutombo style stuff. Like, (laughs) <laughs> somebody made the, the comparison like they said nobody has dominated both sides of the ball like that since like prime Kawhi. Oh, like he's not one-on-one yeah. but i i think off ball he is such a good defender yep i mean the uh the chet tippin started with a shea interception yeah it did looked like a db running down the court picked <laughs> off a pass Kicked it ahead to Isaiah, who missed the three. Chet gets the putback. We get the mom-made pizza rolls moment. 
Yes. Like, that all started with a Shea Steel. He's uh, I don't I don't know if he's the best non-big, but if he's not, he's like tied for first or second, I think. I think I could make the case for Luca because Luca's offense and like his I don't know how you say it, like his theatrics are like so good that you you can make that argument. Yeah. I might go Kevin Durant. I, is Kevin Durant a non-big? That that's the question, I guess. He's a pretty big non-big. <laughs> Touche. If he's a non-big, then yes, definitely Kevin Durant. Um, but it, it's kind of insane how the conversation has evolved because I just I didn't see it coming. Right? Like I kept feeling like I, again, eventually the leaps have to stop, but then they just keep coming. <laughs> Silva in the chat been cooking up a take that SGA is becoming a taller and more physically gifted Chris Paul. He's definitely got that Chris Paul uh, mentorship that shows. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Man, I just, I continue to see a lot of Kobe in him. Yep. Got that dog. He's got the dog. Man. Do you have a, uh, I'm going to pivot to a question in the chat, too. Yeah. From our guy, Carrie. What does Shea have to do to supplant Russ as the most memorable Thunder player? Be here another six years. Win an MVP. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> am I wrong? It's it's hard because of the time period. Yeah, right? like Shea, inaugural... Shea is not as polarizing as Russ either. He's not as polarizing. He's not as um, demonstrative. Like the yelling that he had against the Warriors is like a rare thing. Mm-hmm. Versus, like for Russ, it's an every game thing that just kind of becomes memorable. I don't. I don't think there's much else like a deep playoff run is what gets you in that conversation. Agreed. Postseason um, success. A ring probably solidifies that conversation pretty easily. Oh, easy. Easy. SG, SGA is the third best Thunder player of all time right now, right? Absolutely. Yes. How close is he to number two? I think you need postseason success for Agreed. him to climb any higher because the Agreed. top two had a lot of postseason success. Agreed. Yep. Love it. Um, the next question. Actually, I think we're going to go to a break real quick. We'll come back. We'll do some more questions. We'll hit the, the YouTube chat. And we will do predictions for the week. So hang with us. We'll be back on the other side of this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Justin, I believe it is your turn to ask a question. Sure. Let's do another Twitter question from Medi John, I think. Metal John. Do you think Josh and the team would benefit from him developing a low post game? Catch the ball in the post, look for a cutter, a little hook, fade away, up and under, Chet on the weak side. He'd thrive with contact, maybe. There's a lot of commentary in that question. How do you feel about it, Jacob? Yeah, I I kind of agree with it. Like, I think with his size, playmaking out of maybe not the low post, but like the mid post. Yeah. Especially with cutters. And if they can get shooters around him, like whenever Dort's not on the court with him, and they have like a a Shea, an Isaiah, uh, a Kaysen, and and a Chet. Like, I think that could be really, really good. Um I think he needs to be a little more athletic to do that, to be a threat to turn around and actually score the ball. Yep. Um, but I don't think that's a bad idea at all. He's six nine, like you said. If you're putting him, if part of the reason you're justifying him in the starting lineup is because he's six nine, he needs to do some six nine things. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> JD, that was at thirty five twenty eight. Go ahead and rip that one. Good night. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think you know how I feel about it based off my preseason bets where I said he was going to dunk the ball a lot. I still am not sure that's happened yet. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to see him be aggressive. I want to see him do, do things like that in the post to where he's using his frame and his size and his stature to his advantage instead of always just shooting threes and middies. Agreed. I, I want to see him do more bigger dude stuff. Cut the glass. And he's been doing that recently. And I appreciate that. So, yep. Um, okay. My turn. Let's do it. Uh, Alex at Alex underscore bowler Jack on Twitter says, what are two reasons why you believe this success that the team has had and two reasons why you don't believe the success? Ooh, uh, that's a fun one. Um, okay, two reasons I believe the success. How about I do one, you do one? I love it. Okay. One reason I believe the success is because when you look back at the sample size, we've, we, we've talked about it a lot. 20 games is a pretty good sample size on the season. And if you look back at previous seasons where they've been 20 games in, it's pretty indicative of where they end up. There's not a ton of variation. And when there is a, bu- a larger variation, it usually has to do with injuries. Mm-hmm. So barring injuries, what you're seeing from a 14 and seven thunder is probably real. And that pace probably carries through the 82 game season more or less. 
based off historical records. If so that you, pace carries, they won 50 plus, and that's insane. Yeah. And like again, barring injuries, that's fathomable. It feels like was that the 09-10 season where they won 50 plus, played the Lakers to six? Yes. Yep. It feels yep. very similar, does it not? Yeah. Um, they, right. Reason like, number two. Yeah. Reason number two yeah. why I believe the 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 success right now. You've got a top three MVP candidate on your team. I mean, as simple as that. Star, stars run the league. Mm-hmm. And to have a star in SGA who plays like he does and involves the rest of the team like he does, and like we talked about already, engages defensively like he does, you have that guy and then all this young talent around him, uh, the sky is the limit. But getting that guy is is the piece. Like, yep. Detroit would be somewhere completely different if they had that level of guy. Yeah. Right. Or any level of guy. (laughs) No, no shit. Um, (laughs) So those are the two reasons why we believe the hype. What are two reasons why you think it might be fake? Justin, you give one, I'll give one. Mm, I don't want to say like fake was, that was a strong word choice. Um, He said two reasons you don't believe the success. That I don't. Right. Yes. You said fake. I think that. While 20 games is a good sample size, the schedule upcoming is going to teach us a lot about the Thunder. Uh, They've not that they've had an easy schedule. I haven't like checked the strength of schedule versus other teams thus far, but upcoming there's a stretch of games that that will bring some strong challenges. They've got at the Kings, at the Nuggets this week. They play the Clippers, the Lakers, the Timberwolves, the Knicks, the Nuggets again, the Nets, the Celtics, the Hawks, the Nets, the Heat, the Lakers, the Clippers to go through the rest of the next month of games. That's a lot of strong opponents. That's a lot of talented teams they're going to have to play against. There's some back-to-backs in there. There's some travel. I think January in particular, I was trying to find the stat as you were asking the question. I don't have it in front of me, but they have a brutal January where they've got a ton of games. They've got a ton of back-to-backs, including travel back-to-backs, which are basically schedule losses. They've got one week where they play five games and seven nights. Like That kind of stuff just wears on a team and i think you're gonna see like those are the moments where you might get a little bit of regression off the pace that they're currently setting do i think that that is enough the reason i said fake is a strong word is like is that all of that enough to say like what we're seeing from the thunder is not real and they're gonna you know go on like a seven game skid at some point no like i i don't think i'm i don't think i'm there even when think that when the harder schedule kicks in, when some of those long travel stretches happen, I think you're, you're going to see some regression, but I don't know that it'll be enough for me to say that what we've seen is fake. Agreed. I love that. Mine would be a combination of shooting and youth. They have shot the ball incredibly well to start the season. You've seen it cool off, but this is where I question the shooting. We've seen it cool off. They made four threes against Golden State and still beat them. Yeah. You know? Insane. So When the Warriors they're, made they're 19. Finding, yeah, they're finding ways to win basketball games when things don't go their way, which yep. is so not the case with 
the second youngest team in the NBA. Yep. But they're doing it. So my only worry would be shooting in youth. Um, but they're mm-hmm. proving that they're more mature than that. Yep. So great for them. All right, your turn. Let's go back to the Twitter questions. This one from at Garrett Jones 25. How do you see the arena vote going? Feels like it's a pretty big deal, especially with how successful the team has been to start the year. The arena vote coming this Tuesday where Oklahoma City residents will vote on whether to approve the current deal for a new Thunder Arena. How are you feeling right now, Jacob? This is a, a good question. Um, the vote, early voting has started. Uh, our guy, JD, voted uh, early, I believe on Friday. I believe JD is the only member of the podcast who can vote because he's the only one who actually lives in OKC City Limits. Yep. They've passed an arena vote every time it's come up. And every time it's come up, it's been an arena vote that had no money contributed by outside sources. Yep. This time there is money contributed by outside sources. Some people are upset that the outside source being the team isn't contributing enough. Um, there are other cities in the United States who had no contribution and built a billion dollar stadium and are ready for an NBA team. Mm-hmm. So if you vote no, you're basically like gift wrapping it to them. The maps tax vote, Justin, mm-hmm. has been passed in Oklahoma City every time it's been voted on since yep. you and I have been alive. And we're yep. the oldest ones on the pod. Yep. I, my only worry is people who vote want to vote yes think, oh, it's going to pass. I don't need to worry about going to the polls. And people who want to vote no are so pissed off about it that they show up to, to voice their displeasure. Hmm. And that's what makes it close. Yep. That's if, fair. Yeah. If, man, the Thunder play Monday night. Can you imagine if there was an instance where it was like, you don't have to vote at your polling place. You have to have two forms of ID, including a, a valid driver's license or state ID. And when you show up to the arena, you can vote. <laughs> at the game <laughs> it would pass by 85 percent. that'd be insane yeah but there's probably a reason it wasn't yeah <laughs> if people who <laughs> want to vote yes go out and vote yes i think this thing gets by at 65 percent. yeah i think it wins by 20 plus points i i tend to agree i, I said this in our slack and uh, maybe I'm being naive, but I, I don't know that it's close. I think your concern is fair in terms of like, it's a single issue vote. Turnout may not be stellar. I think that that could be a factor, but I think I, I don't personally feel like it's, it is going to be relatively close either. I, I was looking up the, I think it was an 08, very different vote, very uh, different price tag. It was for $121 million upgrades, but the same type of package, right? Where it's done through a sales tax continuance, not raising anything. That one passed with 65% yes. And so I think, like you said, that this vote has not typically or ever failed in Oklahoma City, which is a state not known to voluntarily choose taxes. Um you know, doesn't really fit the equity of the state. 
the fact that they as a people have continued to vote for this this tax i think that that shows that they understand the benefits of it i also don't anybody know... over anyone our age or older yeah has directly seen the correlation between voting for the maps tax yeah and the impact on the city and it's not close i remember I when bricktown was abandoned warehouses with broken windows right yeah and the only thing down there was a spaghetti exactly. warehouse yes <laughs> spaghetti warehouse and like burning tires now like you go down downtown all the time like that's where everything is at yeah i think i'll pass um connor b in the chat asked when are results announced i think that's a great question not only for local folks but for yep. national and international thunder fans if you want to follow along with this, polls will close at 7 p.m. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. And as uh, votes start to get counted, they will be reported. My two go-tos for local elections are going to be um, at theoklahoman.com and at news9.com. Both of those will regularly update um, the election as ballots are counted and, yep. and sent in. So I would keep tabs there. Might be fair to say if that, if that thing fails, we might have an emergency pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also a good question in the chat um, from Meek Leak, who is not in Oklahoma or America uh, over in Australia. Do nearby areas like Norman still contribute to the stadium? I am a Norman resident. I do not get to vote. You only get to vote. Uh, if you live within Oklahoma City, yeah. uh, or if they are like your, if you pay utilities to Oklahoma City, yeah. so only residents within city limits. Which, by vote. the way, Oklahoma City has the one of the most sprawling, strangest city limits that you'll ever see. So if you're not local, go look it up, because the fact that it doesn't include Norman compared to some of the places it does include is mm -hmm. insane. It's kind of wild. It is um, very wild. Yeah, uh, the the history nerd in me. We could dive into yeah, there's the urban sprawl right. of Oklahoma uh -huh. City. We're not going to get there today. Yeah, she, um, okay, yeah. next question. Uh, at Mason underscore knows ball. Build your all-time favorite Thunder role player starting five. Ooh, that's a fun one. Do we want to uh, draft again? Go back yeah, and let's, forth. Let's let's draft. Because I'm Role sure you'll, players. I'm sure you'll, yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you'll think of some guys that I will not. Also, am I starting or are you starting? I was thinking, but if okay. you have think. one, you can start. No, no, think, go whenever you're ready. Man, there's, there's so many good ones that is making this question challenging. Oh, wait, let, let's decide before we do this. What defines a role player? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> we can make judgment calls on that as we go. Are we drafting a team that's going to win the most games? Are we drafting our just our favorite role-playing team? I I think favorite. I I'm think okay, favorite. I'm okay I, I, bringing emotion into this. Cool. Let's do it. You're I still think... thinking, so I'm, I'm taking first pick. You're off the clock, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Starting at point guard. For the Thunder all-role-player team, Ray Ray eats all day. Raymond Felton, baby. <laughs> oh my God. I, I regret letting you go first immediately. 
Raymond Felton was good, bro. Yeah, but first pick? Well, I'm j- he's just going point guard slot. Unbelievable. All right, I'm going to redeem this segment by okay. the, the, the one that I think I've settled on in, as my first pick, the only retired jersey in Thunder history. Hey! Nick Collison. Okay, well then, so you're putting Nick at power forward? Yeah. I guess it doesn't work. It's positionless it's, this basketball. Is, yeah. <laughs> I think he counts as a role player. We're putting the wingman. We're putting the Nick Collison disciple next to Nick Collison. This team can't shoot for shit, and I don't care. Get me Steven Adams, baby. Yes. Okay. That is that is a stretch of what I would define a wing player. Uh, Connor, a Connor player. is calling me out here. I'm not saying Raymond Felton is the first pick overall. I'm that just is saying literally that, that was my what point guard. That is that quite, is literally what I said, but that's not what literally. I mean. Stop listening to me. <laughs> oh man. I think I'm probably going Andre Robertson next. Our team's um, gonna lock down on defense and score zero points. Yeah, there's a theme here in like what what wins over Thunder Thunder fans' hearts. I think Robertson again was so beloved. I think his role on the team at the time was what they needed would have loved to see him be able to hit a shot. But like when he was rolling before that injury, he was playing. He was awesome. Some of the best defense. All right. I get last pick and I have the right answer. (laughs) Okay. We got, we got Raymond at the point. Uh Uh-huh. Unfortunately, we got, we got Nick and Steve-O as our front court. We got Dre at the three. We got lockdown defense. Mm Mm-hmm. We've got Raymond, who can shoot a little bit. It's going to set people up. We've got Collison, who's going to throw backdoor passes. Steve-O's going to board everything. Justin, we need a gunner. We need a guy who can get buckets. We need a guy who is beloved. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I, I hope you're thinking what I'm thinking. At the two, we got Kobe Wade, baby. Philly cheese, <laughs> Dion waiters. Not what I was oh, yeah. How are you not thinking Dion? The goat. The goat. Jacob drafting Dion waiters and Raymond Felton in a five man. <laughs> we need someone to score the damn ball. We're taking Dion waiters. I thought you were going to say Anthony Morrow. Get your weight up, babe. Did, oh, was that what you were thinking, Anthony? That is what that is. As you started oh, no. talking, that's what came to mind was Morrow. Bro, it's Dion all the way. Remember when <laughs> Dion, his free throws were always missing left? So instead of fixing his form, he just took a step to the right? I mean, yeah. The GOAT. I'm taking Dion all day, baby. I love Dion Waiters. <laughs> so many guys that we could have included in that. And instead, we have Raymond Felton. <laughs> What a squad. Raymond, Dion, Andre, Nick, and Steve. (laughs) Team goes at one and 82. (laughs) Leave me alone, dat boy. Oh, my gosh. Neon, Dion. Carrie said Dion's going to go full Jordan Poole. Probably so. I don't care. Yes. Okay. Um, Let's redeem this by asking you about another role player. Black Dolphin 5 on Twitter asks, why is Poku not playing as much? Is he the odd man out? Predictions on what the trade deadline will be like for the Thunder this season. Uh, I think the games give you your answer there, Black Dolphin. 
Um, Poku is out. Yeah. Poku is out. I don't expect him to be on this team next year. Uh, trade deadline. It's an interesting one, Justin. I'm kind of torn, to be honest with you. Half of me says it's a young team. They need a year. You got to figure out what you need. Write it out. The other half of me looks back to that Westbrook MVP season when we didn't think they were going to make any moves and they went out and got Taj Gibson and who else did they get at that deadline? Mm. Doug McDermott. They got Taj and Oh, Doug yes. And Dougie Presti, Bucky. after the, the deadline, said, we want to give each team their chance mm-hmm. uh, to, to do their best. And we felt like making a move here would give this team a chance uh, to, to do the best that they could. Are we entering that territory with this team? Where Presti says, they are really damn good. Let's go make the the Bertans, Vasa, Poku, Trey Man trade yep. and and a pick and bring someone in here. I'm not saying a a, a guy that's gonna play 36 minutes a night and need 15 shots. Right. But let's go get somebody that helps this team capitalize who they can be without really hurting any of the structure of what they currently are. Yep. I think every win makes that question louder. Whether or not that makes it louder to Presti is a, is a different question. I think for me, what you said of, you know, every team de- deserves their chance. I kind of think this team's chance is just to ride it out That's and fair. see what they have. Could be the best of both worlds. Because we haven't seen it yet. We don't know. We We kind of knew the Russ MVP season, like we knew where the ceiling was. Like Russ was playing amazing and deserved. Okay. Let's go get some guys around him because he's the literal MVP. And And you knew what you had on that team. You knew what you had this team. I don't know that, you know, yet. And I think that's, they've they've got to play. I think they got to play playoff games first. I think so too. Now the guys you just mentioned, Bertans, if they're not going to play, not going to play games. Then that to me, like that's fully on the table regardless, because you're not sacrificing, you're not really sacrificing anything. Yeah. You're you're doing what they've historically done, where they've had an asset that's not really playing and they can go turn it into something else. I think that's completely on the table. Totally agree. Um, I got the next one right. Actually, let's take a break. We're gonna skip around the association time. We don't have much for it, and I want to continue answering fan questions because this is fun. Um, get more questions that I can answer Dion waiters, please. <laughs> We're going to take a break on the other side. We will wrap up, uh, with the last few questions that we have and we will hit the chat. Cause I know you guys have got a lot in there as well. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are back. Justin, this question is for you. It's from SpongeBob's Burner. Yes, please. Underscore not SpongeBob. Do you guys think that Jalen Duran could be someone to pair Chet with? If so, what do you think it would take to get him? 
Justin, I wanted to extrapolate a little bit on this one. They asked specifically about Jalen Duran. I think we ha- did. We have another one in here. We did not. There, uh, there was another one about like, what do you think? Uh, who are some? Maybe it's a tw- uh, uh, YouTube question. Who are some guys the Thunder could trade for on the on the trade market? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So let's broaden SpongeBob Burner's question from just Jalen Duran to like the trade market in general. Yeah, I, I do think a physical big still intrigues me the most as like a trade partner for the thunder to see what that looks like next to Chet, because the thunder just don't have that on the roster they have some bigs right like you can play some different combinations we we've seen a little bit of a two big lineup this year but a two big lineup with jay will looks very different than other guys around the league Mm -hmm. guys that are more physical guys that go back to the basket more guys that defend the paint a little more strongly other than, you know, sliding over to take a charge. That to me is the most intriguing trade partner. The one that I've always loved that unfortunately because of their team success seems probably off the table is miles Turner. I have, I have always loved the miles Turner potential because he's so big and physical, but still really athletic that I think seeing miles Turner and Chet together would I just don't I don't know what I would even expect from that, that I think that that could be so much fun. Yeah, um, I'm kind of out on Duran, not because he's not a productive player. I guess I should have answered the actual question. No, it's okay. about um, I just don't think Duran is the fit and the style of player that Presti is trying to build on this team. Um, not to say Duran is a bad player. I yep. just don't think the fit is right. Um, yeah, I agree. I am more inclined to go jumbo, not big jumbo wing, mm-hmm. um, next to Chet versus essentially Chet at the four. Although Chet at the four has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of keep coming back to, I don't know if they, they would deal him, uh, but if Chicago does pull the plug, uh, and I, he wants a bag too, but Patrick Williams has been playing better. He's like a 6'8", 6'9", 250 type of guy. He's a big old boy. Like, I think he could be interesting. One guy that I think just plays, to me, when I look at this guy, and and I'm not deep on this team at all, so I could be a little bit off here. But every time I watch this guy play, I look at his stats, I see what he does. He is a guy with size, high IQ, can make all the passes, all the reads, defends well, is shooting the ball really well this year. I just keep coming back to Denny Avdia in Washington. You would. It's hard because he's got the poison pill provision this year. He's got that PPP. Um, I said that on Twitter, and someone's like, stop talking about that man's PP. Um, he's got that PPP. Unbelievable. But he's 6'9", 240. He's shooting like 40% from three this year. He's only 22 years old. His new contract starts at 17 million a year and descends over the next four seasons. I'm not saying bring Avdia in and play him in a starting role. I'm saying play the guy off the bench for 25 minutes a game. He can do a little bit of everything. 
he's, I would say, league average to maybe slightly above league average defensively on like bigger threes and fours mm-hmm. and maybe yep. even undersized fives. He's a really good passer. I just, I think he really fits what they need. For those who haven't been around long enough, Jacob had a big pre-draft crush on Denny. Yeah, Denny was my guy in that draft. 100% he was. We talked more about Denny than maybe many other players in that draft. Yeah, for sure. Another guy who was a draft crusher of Jacob's that we've gotten a couple of comments in the chat about. Jairus Walker is just rotting away on the end of that Pacers bench, Jacob. Is there something you could give the Pacers that they could use right now in exchange for Jairus? Because I don't think they traded, didn't they? No, they traded back for Jairus, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. It seems too early to give up on him, but like, can you give up on someone that you haven't even given a chance? I don't know what it would take, but I would freaking love Juris Hortons. Would they play him? I don't know. I don't know. They're not going to play him less than Walker. That's true. Meatsitch? Send him Meatsitch, send him Bertans. I'm afraid it would take something like some firsts. They need some picks, right? I think they're like. You asked the question of what do they need right now? I think they need some picks. I think it's like a three-way trade where they get a vet. Um, the the team that trades them the vet gets the picks, and the Thunder get Jairus. Yeah. Um, but if you're the team trading the vet, why don't you just take Jairus? Right. Yeah. If it's like if it's like Portland, Connor or B in San the chat Antonio, saying Trey Mann to the Pacers. He kind of fits the mold they're he building fits there. The mold. Yes, he does. Yeah. He can help them score 150 and give up 149. Yep. Um, Justin, do you want to mm. scroll? We got a ton of a ton uh, comments in the chat. Do you want to find some some questions in there? How about yes. you start at the bottom? I'll start up at the very top. Yes, sir. And then we'll meet in the middle. Okay. Uh, and we'll bounce back and forth. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Um, let's see here. We have a lot of comments about the, the chat or the, sorry, the trade segment we just talked about. We have some calls for Hayward. We have some calls for Laurie Markinen. I love Laurie. Laurie would be a great one if they could get him. We have, let's see. <laughs> I just read a question uh, that we're going to ask, even though it's ridiculous, which Thunder player do you think could eat the most hot dogs before drinking a 40 from Connor B. Let's draft him. <laughs> Let's do four. Let's draft him. You're okay. first. Okay. Um, I'm starting with Poku. <laughs> is that a, is that an off the wall pick there? Poku's done nothing but eat calories for the last four years. That's true. I think he's probably pretty well-versed, and the man feels like he could put away a 40. Uh, I'm going Jay will Jay wills solid. That's a solid choice. I have to do another one? Um, yeah. Man, I would say Dort, but I also, like, I could see Dort being, like, really health-conscious also. I could see Dort eating a bunch of really bad shit, and he just never puts on bad weight. Yeah, that could be it, too. He's kind of got that build. That could that could be it, too. I think my second pick, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Keontae. 
Oh, that's a good one. Underrated. Yeah. I'm going I'm going K Rich. Go Solid. to the little kid's birthday party, pound out like seven or eight dogs. Wash it down with the 40. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kamel says, hello, guys. Please, for a foreign fan, I have to understand if people decide to vote to the new arena, if they decide to vote no, will the Thunder move away from OKC? Remains to be seen. If the Thunder or if the OKC community votes no on Tuesday, we're back to square A. The problem is after that, the ownership can start looking outside of Oklahoma City. They made this deal exclusively with OKC. If OKC turns it down, they can start looking outside of Oklahoma City at cities like Las Vegas, Seattle, Kansas City, which all have billion-dollar arenas waiting for an NBA team. Yeah, uh, They don't have to build a new one. So it's like it's not if Tuesday goes bad, the team is gone. Yeah. Um but it's a, I think it's a bad, really bad sign. I agree. And I think that that's, uh, as with all things, nuance is lost in uh, most discourse these days. I think a lot of the people who are encouraging people to vote no would agree with everything you just said, Jacob, for the most part of like, they're, they're not saying vote no because they want the thunder to leave. They're saying vote no because they want a different deal. And I think that, like, I under I understand their thought process. I think they're maybe undervaluing the threat to keeping them in Oklahoma City by voting no. And I think that that's that's where some of that that nuance comes in. Um, it definitely it opens up the door and makes it, it it would make it more tense. That's for sure. Very. Don't even open the door. Don't open. They the come door. knocking. Just just leave. It's like it's like a uh, solicitor. Just don't even open the door. Yeah. Question from James Mattingly in the chat. If you had to put money on a seed, what spot do you put the Thunder at at the end of the year? Oh, man. It's a great question. Do you got a number in mind? Five. I was going to go four. It feels safe. It feels safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're at two right now, dude. They're at two and they keep hanging around, but it's a it's a very small margin. Yes. Like just like just like last year, the the difference between two and five is very thin. Uh Carrie has a great question that we might make a segment on in a later show. So we don't have to answer it right now. Okay. He said, uh he said this last year, but which Thunder player would you want to star in a Christmas classic movie? A la Chet as Buddy the Elf, Lou Dort and Die Hard. Um that's he amazing. says Mark would uh, be great in a "It's a Wonderful Life" remake. So maybe we'll we'll save this and we'll knock this one out. As, I love that as special segment, uh, one of the episodes pre Christmas. We, we got to save that for next Sunday. Do I a like little. It. We'll have more people Christmas here. Yeah. segment. We'll do it. But I, it does make me think of the uh, commercial of Stephen Adams in the elf costume. Yes, so good. And one so good. Got a question from Dope TV. Are you guys still worried about the rebounds or has the team solved the issues? I'm not nearly as worried as I was the first eight games. It, is it great? Are they a positive rebounding team? No. Is it actively costing them basketball games? No. Uh, against the Warriors, there were some offensive rebounding problems. Yeah. But I think for the most part, they are solving the problem. Yep. 
I agree. They're finding ways to win in spite of it. I don't think they're necessarily solving the problem. It's gotten better, but I think they're they're finding ways to win in spite of it. And definitely that'll work. Uh, James asks, can Kaysen be an all-star? I'm assuming at some point in his career. I don't know, man. Uh, I'll I'll go on record as no. Yeah. I, I think, don't think he'll be an all-star. I think he will be a high, high level role player. But I was I think he'll say. be awesome. Um dude, I mean like uh Mike Conley made like one all-star game when he was like 33 years old. Yeah. There's a lot of but very Mike good Conley's players. Freaking good. Yeah. A lot of very good players who were not all-stars. And I think that's that's kind of where I see Kaysen potentially. Totally agree. You got another one? Um, I just scrolled back down to the bottom because I caught up to where you were. <laughs> yep. I just now saw that too. Um, let's see here. I've got how do you feel about Laurie? We have a comment from A Smoot in the chat. Why would we want Laurie if we want a role player that wouldn't ruin the team's flow? What do you think about we I hear the the Laurie name thrown around a lot. What do you think? I love Laurie Markinen. Is he as good if you reduce his role? Because his role was reduced in Chicago and he wasn't that great. Yep. That's a good point. And he was better in Cleveland than he was in Chicago. And he really busted out in Utah whenever he was the one number one option. If Laurie came here right now, he's the number four option. Maybe number three. Yeah. So that's my only worry. Yep. I don't think you're looking for a Laurie Markinen level player. I, don't I think, think so you're looking yeah. for the Denny Obdia level player. The you couldn't resist. I know the Patrick Williams <laughs> level player, like the 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 Jeremy Grant level player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, last thing before before we we got to do predictions. No, we um, don't. But I just want to say that uh, Matt Noonan said Mark would be Chevy Chase in Christmas Vacation. Which is just incredible to me. That would be a classic. It would fit. It would fit so well. Amazing. All right. Uh, predictions, Justin. Do you I, have an update for us on the no, standings? No, we don't need to do predictions. Yep, Thankfully, yes. we're doing it at one hour and eleven minutes into the pod, so nobody's listening to this anymore. <laughs> I have an update on the standings, and they're not good. the The standings are bad. They're all bad. And... Why don't you read them off for the listeners? I know. So we, we do have a change at the top. Let's focus our attention there. We have a new leader in the clubhouse. Taylor Peterson leads the pack with 11 points after last week's two games. Just two games last week. It's not a ton of movement. Um, Four of the five of us got one game right. Nobody got both games correct. Taylor got his money ball correct with the loss to the Rockets. Yep. So Taylor, Taylor Moneyball uh, saved him this week. Taylor's, uh, but hang on. He may be leading, but he moneyballed a Thunder loss. Just let that sink in for yeah. everybody. What kind of victory is this, really, Taylor? Can you, you feel good about that? Bitch. Can you feel good about that? Followed, following Taylor at 11 points, we have Jacob at 10 and it, some more movement. Nick moves up to third or tied for second, I should say, with 10 points as well. Silva drops down a slot to nine. And uh, 
I, I'm at four. Um, I Connor have bad... in the chat. Connor in the chat says next week there will be a Detroit Lions grocery bag over Justin's head in the graphic. <laughs> That's good. Dude, I I got the record right. I said they'd go one and one. I guessed both games wrong. I thought they'd beat the Rockets and lose to the Warriors. And so here I am. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna go negative at some point. That would be incredible. Maybe that should just be your goal. It's not great. Just just go COVID era thunder and just take the shit out of this thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Three games. Hey, Justin, a little, a little encouragement for you. Yes. A lot of movement this week and only two games. The money ball can change fast. The money ball is working. My friend. Mm -hmm. Yes. You got a chance. Keep telling me that I need it. Matt says you should put a plastic bag over your head. (laughs) (laughs) All right, first game up. Oh, God. Uh, everyone has sent me their predictions except for Taylor. Uh, so shame on Taylor. I think we shame point. I agree. Put him in. Give him four points. First game this week, the Thunder uh, versus Utah on Monday, the last home game before the vote. Utah 7-15 on the season, 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They're 12th in the West. The first matchup, Chet versus Walker Kessler. Justin, what's your prediction? Thunder win, and I'm moneyballing it. Hey! That makes two of us, buddy. I am also moneyballing a Thunder win against Utah. JD moneyballed a Thunder win. And Nick Thunderballed a money win. Thunderballed a money win. Thunderballed a money win. Moneyballed a Thunder win. It's 10 <laughs> I have a I'm feeling, tired, yeah. This feels this feels like a an easy money ball for for the group given the the rest of the week. Yes, and Kessler's night. out. Per Is the he chat. really per the chat? Oh, all right. There you go. Wednesday night, the Thunder go up to good old Sacktown to play the Kings. The last time they were in the Sacktown was not a good time, as former Thunder legend. Delonte Sabonis cooked. Kings are 12 and 8, 6 in the West. Um, they didn't have De'Aaron Fox last time. Fox is back and he's mm-hmm. been really, he's really, been really, really good. good. Justin, what is your prediction against the Kings? I am predicting a Thunder win in Sacktown, avenging the ugly in season tournament loss. Shea is going to go toe to toe with Fox, which is always fun. I predict better outputs from some of the supporting cast and Thunder comes out of Sacramento with a win. I also have a win in Sacramento. Yes. Nick has a win in Sacramento. JD has a loss in Sacramento. Okay. Saturday night, the Thunder go up mile high to play the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets Currently 14 and 9, 5 and 5 in their last 10. They've been a little shaky. That's mm-hmm. been because Jamal Murray has been out. Murray is probable for Monday night's game. Uh, unless there's another injury, it feels pretty certain that Murray will play against OKC on Saturday. Justin, the last time these two teams played, OKC got ran out of the building, their that own building. Did. That they did. What I, happens this time around? I think this is an L. I am choosing to be more optimistic. I don't think it'll be a complete blowout, but 
two straight games on the road, having to play in Denver with the altitude, like who knows what could happen. I think the Nuggets, they're a bad matchup for a lot of teams, despite, you know, the not stellar record as of late. But I think especially the Thunder, the, they just haven't necessarily figured out that matchup yet. I think it's an L. Agreed. I have L as well. L as well for Saturday. Nick also took the loss. JD going with the win. Okay. Saturday night. I see you, Silva. I'm into it. Silva's um, looking for some movement. He's either going to be down with me after this week, or he's going to be up in first place. We will get Taylor's predictions before the Utah game tips off Monday night. Uh, we are not letting Taylor cheat because he's in first place. <laughs> yes, I agree. Justin, anything else before we get out of here tonight? No, shout out to the chat. You guys killing it tonight, as always. Giving us plenty to talk about for the two-man game. Yeah, much appreciated. And Justin, it's always a pleasure running the running the two-man pick and roll with you. Only, only second to Shay and Chet, I think. I agree. The the two elder statesmen of the podcast, the most uh, basketball knowledge, the most mature of the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are welcome for the opportunity to listen to this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, we appreciate you so much. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast at drop that five-star rating. If you're on the YouTube chat, there's been a lot of you tonight. All all the regulars. We got some new people in here, I think, tonight as well. It's been great. We love having you guys in here chatting, dropping questions, interacting with each other, making us laugh. Uh, we will not put a plastic bag on Justin's head, though. Don't worry. He uh, will yeah. be back next week. You guys have a great start to your week. Nick and JD are with you after the Utah game tomorrow night. So make sure to tune in after that game has concluded to hear those two and their thoughts on hopefully another Thunder win. We'll talk to you then. We got you Wednesday night after the Thunder take on the Kings. That's going to be a late night show. Uh, so just be prepared for that one. We're going to go live after the game. No post game Saturday. We will talk about the Denver game Sunday night whenever we all reconvene. Uh, and we may do some Thunder Christmas movie crossover as, uh, yes. as our friend Carrie suggested. We'll talk to you guys in about 24 hours. Until then, as always, thunder up.